I also want to welcome everyone who's listening, uh, not here with us this evening, but in their car and their headphones later. Uh, this has been actually a, a cool resource for our family that scatters during the weekends, and so we want to continue to love them and encourage them. Uh, and so uh, if you have your Bible or Bible app, or something like that, open up to Ephesians chapter 4 and just put your thumb right there. And as you're turning there, I'm going to explain what we're doing there this evening. Over the last three weeks, we've had an opportunity to uh, unpack and understand a little bit why we care about being a generous people and a generous church. We've had an opportunity to search uh, the Bible and, and really gain a, a holistic understanding of, of how we're to see and approach our lives. And, and with each one of these three weeks, we've had a, a moment to, to teach on and, and embrace kind of that particular arm of Celebrate Generosity, whether it be the reproducing church, uh, global generosity or local generosity. And so uh, I would encourage you, if you missed any of the last three weeks, please go back and re-listen. It's just going to help build a greater understanding for for why this coming weekend is so important to us. Uh, but we did have an opportunity this week to, to sort of settle on something together. And, uh, and I was telling our, our crew during prayer this, this afternoon at four, uh, I was, as we were praying for the service, I was telling them, I have like three different messages in my head depending on who is here this evening. But I also want to keep in mind those who might be listening who aren't with us. Uh, but I think I have some, some things for us to chew on and press in on as a community together. Um, and some of this uh, might feel like kind of a, a survey. Some of it might feel like uh, an overview. Zach, can you get those doors? Uh, some of it might feel like an overview, or uh, especially if you've been with us for a while, or if you are one of the lucky few who happened to be our launch team so many years ago, you might be remembering and dusting off some of the cobwebs of what I'm saying. But for others of you, it is this kind of welcome into the family. This is who we are. And so I title this message. I don't really title my messages. Normally, it's just like Matthew 21 through 8 or whatever. But I titled this message, This is Anthem. And I think what I'm hoping for and what I've been praying for for you guys uh, this afternoon and, and this week is I, I want us to leave this evening with an understanding of who we are, of what's important to us as a church, um, why we celebrate things like giving a whole bunch of money away, why we would ask so much of your time to take a Friday night and most of the day Saturday to train and equip each other for our discipleship. Like, I want us to leave with some of those questions answered and just to leave with a good understanding of, of what is God doing in here and why is any of that important. Um, and that's kind of the, the first uh, thing I want you guys to leave with and understand this evening. The second thing is, uh, and this is both for us as a church, but also for the community we live in, the city we live in. Um, we have so many reasons to disqualify ourselves from things. And maybe it's, it's because we live in this age of professionalism where uh, if, you, uh, whatever, if you're going through like mental struggles, you go see a professional. If you have medical struggles, you go see a professional. No, those are not bad things. Hear me on that. But we, we live in this age where if you have a problem, there is a professional to solve that problem for you. And I think some of that has contributed to a bit of a uh, understanding and how we approach life together as a church, I would venture that we have so many reasons to disqualify ourselves because we don't maybe have all these years of seminary training or we haven't been raised in a church, so we don't have this background or whatever. And uh, part of the other part of what I'm hoping to do this evening is, is help you understand that scripture tells us you are qualified. You're qualified for all that God has put in front of you, whether you feel it or not. 
but you have been qualified by the Father. And so it's kind of a two-prong approach this evening. I want us to leave with a good understanding of who we are, what's important to us, but also with the reality that all of our reasons for disqualifying ourselves are typically of the flesh, are told to us by the world we live in, and just don't make any sense in the kingdom of God because the Father has qualified us. Okay, so let's uh, pray together just a little bit. Then we're going to read a bit of Ephesians. Let that frame our time. So, Father, would you help us, be with us this evening? We desperately need your help to uh, understand who we are as a church, but also to understand what what we do in light of uh, scriptures, in light of who you are and all you've done for us. And so we just ask your spirit to speak, to be at work in us this evening. Uh, We do pray for all of our friends and family who are scattered around the globe at this point uh, this evening, and we ask that you'd strengthen them, encourage them, you'd comfort them and remind them they have a family back here in the small town of Ventura that loves them uh, and is cheering for them uh, in whatever they're doing. And so, Father, would you lead and guide us this evening? Amen. Amen. Okay, so Ephesians, you have your thumb in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians is a letter from a church planter to a church he helped start. So Paul, this apostle, rapid church planter, planted a church in Ephesians, gave it away after a few years, and he writes this letter back to the church at Ephesus. And if you guys have spent any time in Ephesians before, you know chapters 1, 2, and 3 are a lot of theology, a lot of identity, a lot of what feels like big picture, or Paul trying to give them an understanding of who God is, what he's done, and who we are in light of all that. Then chapters 4, 5, and 6 are all about Paul's vision for the church, how we live together in community. And it was written to a specific people in a specific place, but it is also applicable to all peoples in all places. And so we look at chapters 4, 5, and 6 in the book of Ephesians as Paul's understanding and vision for the church. And right at the beginning of chapter 4 is this kind of linchpin verse that, that really shifts the entire book from kind of identity, theology, big picture, to how we actually walk this out together. And that's where I want to start in Ephesians 4 verse 1. And Paul says, I therefore, so that therefore is the three chapters leading up to it, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, One spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Skip down to verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood, brackets, and womanhood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
That is our anchor text for the evening. There's so much there. I could spend the next few weeks with you in Ephesians, the beginning of chapter 4. But what I hope you got from this is an overwhelming sense of Paul's vision for your life, but not only for your life, for your life in the community of God. That each one of you matters, each one of you has a role to play, a part to play in the family and the community of Jesus, localized here in downtown and midtown Ventura. That you are valuable, that God has done wondrous things to bring you into his family. But we don't sit there in his family stagnant. We enjoy the fruits of community together. And so what I want to do is start at the, at the very top of who we are as a church. Because before you can fully contribute or fully kind of under, uh, before you can even fully play that part that Paul talks about, you have to know what you're joining up into. And so what I wanted to do is just briefly remind us of those, those big picture things that are vitally important for us. That, that mission, vision, our values. And so if you guys don't know, if you've never, I don't know, scoured our website or never heard this from me or, or Kev or Matt or someone like that, our, our vision is to bring a movement of reproducing churches empowered by the gospel of Jesus to love and serve Southern California. And I'll say we've added to that over the years and the rest of the world. Because uh, in the eight years that the family of Anthem churches have been in existence, we're working on our 10th church plant and we've sent missionaries to all over the world. And so we're walking out that vision today. And even though we look around and we think we may not have the capacity to plant or send people or churches to different parts of the world, we're doing it. This is our story. And so this is our vision that we're walking into. And, and how we walk that out, kind of our ongoing mantra or our mission is to help people find their way back to God. That is both a beautiful and confusing statement if we haven't spent time with it. But we believe this encapsulates the gospel. That God has made every human in his image. And because of sinfulness in the world... So we get two chapters of the Bible where things are as God wanted them. And in chapter 3, sin enters the world. And so we are broken, we are fallen. People, theologians call that the fall. That's that moment in time in which sin has disrupted and distorted everything. And so now God's redemptive ongoing process through the work and person of Jesus is bringing people back to himself. He doesn't bring people to himself, he brings people back to himself. And so that is our mission. That's what we're stepping into as a church. And, and some of our values, these are not all of them. We've added to, to them over the years, but our core fundamental values are being a gospel-centered church. And in that context, we are on mission together. We are living in community. We are generous, and we are reproducing church. And so that is like the, the quickest possible way to jam through some of the most vital things about us. But I wanted that to be our framework because we are walking these things out in four specific ways. Walking out in four specific ways. There are lots of other ways that we can be or have been or will be walking them out. But at the core, what we do together as a church and how Anthem Ventura is walking out this part of who we are is through four specific ways. And so as a church, we're helping people find their way back to God by gathering together, scattering together. Serving together and giving together. And so this may sound familiar uh, verbiage for some of you guys, especially if you're with us at the beginning of the year. We walked through some of this, uh, but we want to continue to press into this. And so there are four key elements to how we are walking out who we are. Now, it's not to say that there aren't other ways we're doing that. There are, absolutely are, but we are a new and small church, and we only have so many eggs to put in so many baskets. And so these are the, the eggs we're putting in our basket together as a church. 
church. Uh, we love the things that you guys do throughout the week. We love to, to bless those areas of ministry and mission that do pop up. But as a church, we have capacity to do a few things well, and we're going to press into those things well. Okay, so the first one, gather together. Uh, you can turn with me or look on the screen uh, to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 23, 24, and 25 say, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So that's like another way of saying, let us hold fast to the gospel of Jesus. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay, so as we understand this text and we press into gathering together, Sunday gatherings are the primary way we gather. They're not the only way, but they're the primary way we gather together as a church. It's central to who we are as a community following Jesus. And uh, they've taken different forms and shapes over the last 2,000 or so years. And, and chances are what church, quote-unquote, looks like tonight will be different than what church, quote-unquote, looks like in 10 or 20 or 30 years. That's okay, but this ancient habit and practice of gathering together is vital to the life of a Christian. So we have different elements that we do in a gathering together, such as prayer, expressing adoration to God through music, through preaching and teaching, uh, the Bible, remembering Christ through communion, uh, making space to hear from the Holy Spirit together. Uh, and our aim is to make much of Jesus and to let him transform us. And so while it seems like there may be a lot of moving parts or, or complicated nature to how we gather, our, our, our goal is very simple. We want to make much of Jesus and let him transform us together. So what can we do on a Sunday that we can't do in other spaces? Because a lot of us are jaded when it comes to the church and cynical about Sunday gatherings. Uh, and I think Sunday gatherings have gotten a bit of a bad rap because there are things we can do here that we cannot do in smaller or different contexts. And a few of those important things, uh, this is not an exhaustive list, but there's just a, a couple here that are important to us. And and one is, is a unified vision and teaching for us as a church. It's a lot of what I spend my time on and, and do. But there's a moment where we rally together and say, this is what the Lord is doing in our people. We're going to teach into that. We're going to lean into it. We're going to cast vision for that. And we're going to go. It's our, it's our main avenue of mobilizing people for the mission God has for us. It's also an opportunity for a lot of people to use a lot of different gifts. And if you guys have been with Anthem for any amount of time, uh, what I hope you see uh, and what we actually strive for, don't do a great job at all the time, but what we strive for is that it's not the Zach and Bert show. Like we want to see many faces, many voices, uh, many gifts represented. And sometimes they're, they're in front, sometimes they're on stage, and sometimes they're kind of make, in the background making things happen. They're faithfully serving our kiddos, preaching the gospel to our kids right now as we speak, or welcoming in people, being hospitable. There are a lot of ways we can use a whole lot of gifts together. It also serves at a, as a bit of a home base for us. As much as we have bought into the, the non-place culture of, of rallying around coffee shops or whatever, uh, there is still something about getting together and saying, go team, go, let's go. Like this is our home base. This is where we kind of cast that vision and can rally you guys towards something common. It helps us move together towards our mission, helps us remember the bigger picture 
Like if you are only showing up at your Anthem community every single week and, and it, you look down at your calendar and you're like, oh, geez, it's been like six weeks since I've been to a Sunday gathering. Chances are you're, you're missing the bigger picture. You're missing the fact that your walk with Jesus is bigger than the 10, 15, or 20 of you guys who meet during the week. But it's actually bigger. God is doing something bigger here in Ventura. And it is a great space for us to welcome in visitors. And so as much as I like to buck against culture and as much as you like to tell me this isn't the case, Sunday gatherings, particularly Sunday mornings, but Sunday gatherings are still the number one place a new person will walk in and try out a church for the very first time. And so chances are a lot of you guys showed up at a Sunday gathering before you showed up at an Anthem community. Nothing wrong with that. That's just kind of the culture we live in. It's different around the world for sure, but in Southern California, that's the way it is. And so we want to make sure that we are proclaiming and preaching the gospel of Jesus each and every week. Okay. I have a couple of, of takeaways. Uh, actually, let's not go to the takeaways quite yet, Ben, because I feel like the maybe uh, prophetic side of this or the maybe cultural prod side of this is you and I exist in a culture where there is no practice and discipline of showing up. We live in the culture of the easy text message bailout from something. We live in a, a culture of the Facebook maybe to a Facebook invite. And there's no, uh, there's no sense of, of commitment or I, I was going to say honor. I'm not going to go that far. But there's, there's no, they're like, we live in a culture, whether you, you fall victim to this or not, you have definitely been impacted by this lack of, of commitment, lack of willingness to say, yes, I'm in. And honestly, showing up has become a vital spiritual practice for us. And I'm not just talking to like showing up on a Sunday. Yes, that's important. But just showing up when you say you're going to show up to something. Being, the ministry can't take place if you're not present. Like you're asking the Lord, please give me opportunities to share the gospel with my coworkers. Please, please, please. You keep praying for these coworkers, but you never say yes to a lunch invite. You never say yes to an after work hangout. You don't give away your, your personal phone number or anything like that. Like there is a spiritual discipline to showing up that our culture at large is failing at big time. And it's one of these ways that we as a church can actually preach a counter story to the culture around us. To say, no, what, what's a, I will show up to your weird Facebook event thing and, and encourage you or whatever. Or I will be present in your life. And I will not be like the rest of my flaky friends who bail out at the last minute or say, hey, I, something better came along. Okay, that was, my, that was my aside. But honestly, this is the culture we live in, and this is a huge opportunity. It's like not very sexy to be a regular church attender or to say yes to a lot of things that come your way. It's not like an exciting thing because you and I like to hold out for something better. Like maybe you'll get a better invitation or something like that. But I think there is a lot, especially with people who don't know Jesus, to simply being present and showing up in their life. Okay, a couple of practical takeaways. I wanted to make sure each thing had like a practical takeaway. Uh, first is step into a Sunday gathering like you have a role to play. We all do. Uh, everyone has something to offer. Paul is very clear when he writes to the church in Corinth, that each and every believer has something to offer. So whether you're scheduled in planning center or not, you have something to offer. Be ready uh, to come and be present and use whatever gifts God has given you. Everyone has something to offer, and what you offer is important. Like what's important for you to understand is this is not a performance or a concert that you can show up to or not show up to, but when you're not here, you're missed. Like, not only do you miss out on the gathered body of people, but we miss out on your gift and your encouragement and how the Lord has wired you. 
come ready, come early, come prepared. Also, very countercultural that you show up on time, let alone early, uh, to something. Uh, and I got to, uh, with a, a few people, uh, go to Anthem Camarillo this morning. Uh, they were installing their first set of elders, which was really exciting, and we got to go celebrate with them. Uh, and they just did one service. They normally do two. They did one big one, packed out the room. But what was crazy is we showed up at, what, 930 935, something like that, for a 10 a.m. service, and there was like a bunch of people hanging out, and it was so, I, I don't know, it, I don't know how to describe it, other than it was a very sweet time to just catch up and, and talk with people. Uh, I think we, we fall into this thing where church is an event, and I can show up a few minutes late and then slip out the back right afterwards, and guys, the church is not an event, it's a people, and these are opportunities for us to come together. Like, how much damage does it really do in our schedule to say, I'm going to show up 10 minutes early? to this thing. I'm going to show up 10 minutes early to my Anthem community. Like, we have three kids under three, and we somehow try to make it on time most weeks. <laughs> most. I don't know. We're still figuring it out. But, but honestly, like, make that, make that commitment, because I think there's just such value in being present and being prepared to participate in what's going on. Pray with us. Uh, a lot of times, what's prayed or what's kind of circled around uh, at our 4 p.m. pre-gathering prayer shapes uh, the evening ahead, and so we'd love for you to be a part of that. Uh, come ready to uh, prophesy, to encourage. Uh, by that we mean, like, come ready that you are not just a receiver, but you are a giver too. So in our response time, uh, please feel the boldness to pray for someone. Uh, you can go up to them, you can pray for them where you seat. Uh, regardless, this is not a show. You are not a consumer. We are a family together. Uh, and the last one, uh, following suit with Hebrews chapter 10, come regularly, be consistent, make it a discipline. Um, and, and honestly, don't miss out on the things that the Lord does here. Um, there is a discipline to showing up. Um, I grew up with a really faithful, if not legalistic, example of that, and so that is drilled into my soul. Uh, but honestly, like, commit to, to being part of the church. You could be anywhere on a Sunday night. Honestly, the weather was mind-numbingly miserably hot today, but right now it's getting amazing for the beach or to go sit outside at VCBC or whatever. You guys could be anywhere, and you've chosen to be here and a part of what God is doing here, and that is awesome. I'm very, very glad you're here, uh, but you guys know it's, it's sometimes a joy to make this a habit, and sometimes it's a fight, especially if you have kids, especially if you're trying to get them, waking them up from naps to show up or whatever, uh, and so anyway, come regularly. Okay, Second, that is, that is one half of the whole for us. The other half is to scatter together. Acts 2, chapter 46, says, Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Okay, there's, an, there's a both and to this component. There's an essential uh, moment where we come together and sit under the teachings of Jesus, and then we go out into homes. And for us, that is through our anthem communities. And they're the primary way we scatter during the week to live out the way of Jesus together. These are vital for us. And if you're not in an anthem community, be a part of one. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, Epic things that happen, but the bottom line is they are not fancy or flashy. It is real, regular, messy people merging their lives together and trying to understand like what God is doing in us together as a community. And so we have four of them that meet around Ventura, always looking to start more. And I encourage you to join. And there are a handful of things we do there that we simply cannot do on a Sunday. Uh, and some of those are honestly... Uh, 
taking care of needs, like being a legitimate family. Uh, so that we're family together. As much as we like to try to know everyone in the room, we just can't go deep with this many people on a Sunday. Uh, second is we can advance discipleship in our lives together. We can grow in our sanctification together. And, and some of you may function in a way where you hear me talk at you for 45 minutes and you're like, oh, my life has changed. But chances are we need that rubbing together with other people to change us. We need those people who are going to know us for real, like all of our messiness and our realness, hold us accountable, spur us on to growth, and and that kind of thing happens in smaller communities. And third, uh, one of the the third thing we we do in a community that we can't really do on a Sunday is be on mission together. So uh, if you're thinking, man, how does Anthem Ventura express mission? How do we reach out to the community? It is exclusively through our Anthem communities. Like there's so much, rather than going and showing up and painting a school and saying we feel great about ourselves because we painted a school, like we choose to to integrate uh, mission in the lives of each one of our Anthem communities. And so this usually takes time, uh, right, Katie? This takes a lot of time to work out and understand together, uh, but we see it as the healthiest uh, ongoing way to be on mission together. Okay, so a couple of takeaways. If you're not in an Anthem community, join one. Uh, and, uh, and honestly, join one, hop into one this week. Uh, and if you don't feel like you connect or whatever, we have a few others. But join an Anthem community. It's a very easy process to jump in. You can fill out a thing on our website, and we can help you get plugged in. Or you can just talk to someone here who knows like they look, you know, they know what they're doing or looks like they know what they're doing, and, and they can help direct you toward one. Uh, Second is if you are in one, become an apprentice. We are always prayerfully considering the next community that we do start, uh, whether it be uh, maybe a region of Ventura where we happen to have a lot of people driving in from or or qualified leaders that pop up. But if you're in one, become an apprentice. And all you have to do to become an apprentice is just tell your Anthem community leader, like, hey, I think I want to lead one. I want to know what that's like. And they'll start walking with you through that process. Thirdly, uh, we always need leaders to lead an anthem community. So if you've been in one and maybe if you are apprenticing and you like maybe feel like you have the ability to, to lead or host or whatever, tell that to your community leader. We'd love to walk with you through that. So the bottom line is with gathering and scattering together, we want the best of both worlds. We want to have our cake and we want to eat it too. We want to embrace the discipline of showing up together and and letting the Lord shape us together as a community. Uh, We want to be formed and transformed by the gathered people proclaiming the word of Jesus together. Uh, But we also want to do life together in our anthem communities uh, and grow in our mission and grow in our discipleship and grow in our family. Uh, And a friend of mine who is uh, planting a church down in, in Southern California says this kind of works itself out as as the church in rows is the church in circles. Or I've heard other people talk about a church around a stage or church around a table. And I love that dynamic that we see in Acts chapter 2, and we're doing our best to walk that out, where there's beauty, necessity to gathering together, and then there's beauty, necessity to scattering together out into the community. Okay, third thing. So gather together, scatter together, serve together. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I love that Paul integrates a selflessness as he talks about how we are gifted by God. 
Followers of Jesus are called to become servants. And we want to actively demonstrate the self-sacrificial love by serving those both inside and outside the church. There are a litany of opportunities for you guys to serve inside the church. But if you've been in Ventura for any amount of time, you know there are tons of opportunities to serve outside the church as well. And the bottom line is we believe the church is a family. And this means everyone is gifted and responsible for different aspects of, of seeing the church thrive. We're a family, and like a family, everyone pitches in. So think about the last time you went to like your mom and dad's house for dinner, or you went to a family reunion or whatever. Like chances are after dinner, everyone was helping clear the table, do the dishes, maybe like sweep up the mess from your kids in the dining room, or like hanging out. Like when you get together with your family, everyone has a role to play. And the church, Paul tells us, is like a big old family. And so we all have roles to play. Okay, so a couple of takeaways. Uh, a couple of very uh, easy ways for you guys to step into serving, uh, particularly here, but you guys can also think about our community at large. First is own those family times. Like we do a family time in the middle of all of our gathering together. And so even if you are not scheduled for a particular role, just be ready to like know what's happening in our church. If you meet someone who's new, uh, you know, be ready to tell them what's going on, how to get connected, how to get plugged in, and backstep that. If you don't know those things, know those things. They're not unknowable. And so if you want to know how best to get people connected, like find that info out and just be ready to own those family times. If there are needs that pop up, uh, meet them. That's a practical. If there are needs that come up, meet them. And so what I mean by that, a couple of examples are we just had a baby, which means we got the blessing of a meal train. And I, I guys, you guys are famous for meal trains. Like I tell this story to other church, other church leaders and like other people in ministry. And they're like amazed that like, man, when a meal train pops up, our, our meal train was filled in like a day or something. And it was like four weeks of, of meals. And we're so grateful for all of you guys who brought dinners to us and, and stopped by and talked to us and prayed for us. Like we love that. And that is a great way to just jump in if there's a need. Uh, we're, I, yeah, anyway, I could go on and on about that. But if there are needs, meet them. Uh, that gets worked out part particularly well in an Anthem community. We want to see people's bills being paid, people's uh, needs getting met with prayer and action. And so if there's a need, be ready to meet them. A great way to serve is to serve with your spouse. I love that Anna and Steve are in elementary classroom together serving. Uh, it's probably uncomfortable. There's probably like a sense where one, they're both kind of missing out on what's happening and the one can't fill the other in, but it is a joy to see like Matt and Alyssa serving together or Jess and Tyler here early setting up chairs or info wall or whatever. Like it is, it is so fun to serve with your spouse. If you don't have a spouse, that's okay. You can serve with your community, uh, with your friend. Find out when the people in your Anthem community serve on a Sunday and join in with them. Like own a Sunday together. That is so, so fun. Uh, and invite a new person to serve with you. Uh, some of my early weeks at Anthem up in Thousand Oaks, uh, all I, I didn't know anyone really. I knew a few people. Josh and I kind of landed there at the same time, but I knew a handful of people, but I got to know so many people by setting up and tearing down chairs, something that nobody is spiritually gifted for, but it still has to happen each and every week. And honestly, I got to know so many people just by like lifting and stacking chairs. And so it's a great way to, to get to know people and to serve with someone you might not know. Okay, my little line here in my note says, let's be a family and act like it. Okay, so there you go. Be a family and act like it. Uh, okay, so gather together, scatter together, serve together, and give together. I want to read two quick passages, and then we'll move on from this one. 
because we've been teaching on this for a couple of weeks. Uh, first passage is 1 Timothy 6. Should be familiar to you guys. As for the rich in this present age, which is all of us, uh, 100% of you are rich in this present age. I don't care what's in your bank account right now. You are rich in this present age. Charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works. I like his wordplay there. Rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Bottom line, do not trust money. Money will let you down. But we are part of a different kingdom where we can build a good foundation for the future in the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 7, and 8. The point is this, Paul says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That's a really big deal. For God loves a cheerful giver. And if God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Okay, giving cheerfully and sacrificially is a part of worship at Anthem. We give generously because God has been first generous with us. That is our worldview as a church. That God has already existed in generosity toward us. And so our generosity is nothing but a response back to his generosity. We dream of becoming and continuing to be a church marked by radical generosity. Generosity that doesn't make sense. Generosity by its world standards is not wise. Guys, according to world standards, sending out 100% of our tithes and offerings next week is, is not wise. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in that moment. Like, we don't know what's going to happen, but God has faithfully taken care of us every single year when we have embraced this principle. So not only do we give everything away uh, October 22nd, once a year, uh, but also 10% of everything as a church goes right out. So we as a church model what the Bible models for us. Like we live on less than we need, or we live on less than we bring in. We choose to live differently because we know our money, especially in parts of the world that are far from us, goes very far. And so we can sow into incredible gospel things in places like Thailand and Nepal and Laos, because our money goes far there, and we can make kingdom impact there. What we see, what we see about giving in the Bible, and, and this is very confusing. We actually taught on this a little while ago, so you can go look back and, and listen to our money series. Uh, but we actually see in the Old Testament this principle of the tithe that comes about. And so when we look in the New Testament, we think, oh, well, Paul, Jesus, then these guys talk about the tithe, so we, can, we don't have to do that anymore. And what we actually find out in the New Testament is the tithe is, is just a simple starting point. That we're called into such radical generosity in the New Testament that it doesn't make sense. Like it actually, like we look at what's happening in the New Testament, we're like, I, I can't do that. I, I literally have to pay my rent. I can't do that. And I think we're led into this uncomfortable space of being more generous than is what is uh, maybe typical for us. So the New Testament does not give a percentage like the Old Testament does, but it does teach a few things. The Bible describes this kind of giving that should be part of the church as generous, 
Willful, God-directed, shared, active, love-motivated, and regular. These are things that are part of giving in the New Testament church. So a couple of takeaways is if you are not regularly given, if you call Anthem home, if you're like just checking us out, don't sweat for the next 30 seconds or so. But if you call Anthem home and you're not giving regularly, like consider what that would actually look like for you. That is a takeaway to start giving regularly both because we are a big family and we all contribute to what happens here, but it's also, Paul says, it's for your benefit. I want to see the fruit that comes from you being generous. Start giving regularly. If you are uh, giving, honestly, consider how the Lord would lead you into greater generosity. One of the things Sherry and I do every single year is, is increase our generosity. Now, sometimes it's a big increase, And sometimes it's not a big increase, but we make it a practice for us and our tithes and our offerings to increase every year because we want to increase our faith. We want to increase our trust in God for everything. We do not want to trust the riches of this world, but his riches. And so each and every year at at Christmas time, we we talk about how are we going to increase our giving, even if it's only a little bit. Like last year, honestly, it was like, I can't remember, Sherry's not here, so she can't help me, so I can say whatever I want. But... um, Last year, we increased our giving by like 30 bucks a month or something like that. And that, to some of you guys, may feel really large. For others of you guys, it may be a drop in the bucket. But for us, is like we, we don't have much margin as a family, but we want to press into and continue this discipline and practice of increasing our generosity just to loosen the stranglehold that I have in my life for money. Okay. So if you're not giving regularly, start giving regularly. If you are giving, pray about how the Lord would be leading you into greater generosity. Uh, I'll give you the answer. He is, but kind of in what ways? And so consider that. Uh, And then thirdly is we have a really unique opportunity this year uh, with Celebrate Generosity. This is the second time we get to participate in this as a church, but it's the first time where I feel like we're, we're doing it as a for real family. Like we have an understanding of who we are and what we're doing. And so participate and celebrate generosity. And, and I'll say what, what Kevin Marsden always says, he led us through financial class a little while ago, and he always has these encouragements for us, uh, but participate somehow. Like, you guys might not think that you chipping in 20 bucks for Celebrate Generosity, like, matters in the grand scheme of things, and in a weird way, like with, with so many people, all three of our churches coming together, it might not matter, but it matters a ton for your heart. Because saying, I don't have that much to give is one of those excuses that you and I provide for not giving anything at all. And this is a cool moment as a church where 100% of the money that comes in next Sunday and the following week goes out our doors. It goes into global initiatives that we have partnered up with, local initiatives like we talked about last week, the reproducing church and all these new churches that we get to start. We do not benefit. Like we're trusting the Lord to pay our bills and to keep the lights on for the following weeks. But this is a Sunday where we get to rally you guys. And I want each and every one of you to like enjoy the fruit of that together. Like there's I don't know, you guys have been to Celebrate Generosity before. Josh, you can speak to this. Like, there's a joy in being a part of a big old family that can make a splash for the kingdom of God somewhere in the world. And so my encouragement to you is to participate and celebrate generosity, even if it's small by your standards. That's okay. Like, I want you guys to enjoy being a part of this story. I don't want you guys to feel left out of what God is doing. And and so even if you need to start small, that is okay. Okay, so gather, scatter, serve, give. 
These are the four ways that we are pressing into our vision, mission, and values together. Are there other great things happening at Anthem? Yes. Are there other great things happening with the individual people in Anthem? Absolutely. But in terms of the things that we have capacity for and can rally around, these are those four things we are calling each and every person to. To gather together faithfully, to to buck this culture of anti-commitment or commitment as a four-letter word, to enjoy the fruit of community by scattering together, serve one another for for the common good, and give together to model a life of generosity, to loosen the stranglehold money has on your and I's life. Jesus is doing incredible things in us, through us, and in the city, in churches we love. And our earnest desire is that you guys would, and and people not in this room too that are listening on, on the podcast, you guys would jump into what God is doing and partner with him and helping people find their way back to God in Ventura. And all of these things, gather, scatter, serve, give, all have some degree of of commitment laced in them. Some degree where it it buys you a little more into the story. And and I know commitment is a scary word for us, especially those of us in the 20 to 30-year-old range, because this is the the life we live and the culture which we're born into. And it's a scary word because, honestly, maybe some of you guys are scared of being hurt. You've been a part of a church or a church community before, and you got badly hurt or burned. And you are welcome here to, to be, to grow, to learn to trust again. It might be a scary word for you because we're worried we might miss out on something better. There might be a hotter, sexier church plant that starts up next year uh, that'll have more flowery language or a bigger Sunday gathering or music you prefer or a teacher you prefer or small groups that don't ask that much of you or small groups that ask more of you or whatever. There will be a better church in Ventura. There are lots of better churches in Ventura that have it all together, that have experience, that have bigger stats, that have whatever the thing is that you want, there's probably a church that's doing that better than us. But that's not the point. Commitment is scary because we might have been hurt. We might be looking for something better or we don't want to be asked of. We feel like we're living life to the edges. We don't have much margin to be asked of anything else. But the reality is, Commitment is the context for anything good to happen in community. Commitment is the context for anything good to happen in community. And so the invitation tonight, and I know I'm preaching a bit to the choir as I look around this room, but the invitation tonight, maybe this is a a re-invitation or just kind of a resettling of what God is doing in your life, is, uh, is twofold. And the first is to pray. Like, we say this all the time, but we believe if anything of significance is going to happen in Ventura, in this church, it's going to be birthed in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. We trust in the power of prayer above man's own wisdom and plans. We want to trust the Lord. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. We don't want to be doing things the Lord is not. We want to be doing the things Jesus is doing in town. And so we have to pray to realign our hearts to what he is doing, to, to his heart, to what's important to him in this moment. God has, has gifted us uniquely. When, one of the really interesting things about, uh, about Ventura is when we launched, two years ago, by the way, uh, on Tuesday, we celebrated two years. Uh, two years ago, when we launched our first service, we knew we were coming into a city that had great churches. 
I mean, just there are some new churches in town that we love and we've joined arms with, but also churches that have been around for decades and decades that have been doing what God has faithfully asked them to do. We love those churches. We didn't come into a city saying, we're the only ones that got it. We finally have the gospel. We'll bring it. We came into a city where we knew there were faithful gospel preaching churches in town. They may do things a little different. They may have a bit of a different philosophy. One of the, the cool things about uh, being in an evening uh, gathering here and renting from the rivers, I've been able to go preach or just visit at other churches in town. And I've got to encourage them. And especially with the pastors I know, I've gotten to just like say what a great job they're doing. Like, and that's, that's, that's cool. Uh, that's very, very epic. But honestly, I've gotten to see firsthand we have wonderful churches in town. Churches that I would love to be a part of if I didn't help start this church. Ventura is a very cool city in that respect. And so when we came in, we knew we were not the only lone gospel preaching voice, but we knew we had a unique voice to bring to Ventura. We have a, a unique crew of people, set of gifts, talents. Like you guys all have certain experiences you bring to the table. And so we knew like we had to press into what God had for us specifically. Like what, what reality is doing is not for us. What Harvest is doing, what Seed, Mission, Ventura Missionary, like what all these great churches in town are doing are great, but they're not for us. And so we have to understand how has God equipped us as a church and how can we do that the best we possibly can. And so to do that, we have to pray. We need discernment. We need wisdom from the Lord. The Lord promises if we ask for wisdom, he'll give it. So we go to him in prayer. And the second thing uh, that I'm inviting you guys into or re-inviting you guys into is to uh, get on the boat. Now, that's a, it's a funny picture, but it comes from this story in Acts I got to share with some new friends at our welcome dessert a couple days ago. Uh, but there's this beautiful literary moment that we, we so often miss in the book of Acts. So turn to after chapter, Acts chapter 20 with me. I want you guys to see this firsthand. It is so beautiful and so easily missed. Acts chapter 20. Paul is praying with and leaving the elders in Ephesus, that church member we read about earlier that he helped start. Uh, he, is, he appointed elders there, and he's leaving, and there's lots of kissing and crying, and, and he's very sad. And in the end of the story, uh, it says in verse 37 of Acts chapter 20, There was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful, most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Chapter 21, verse 1. And when we had parted from them and set sail, something happened there. Do you guys know who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Luke wrote the book of Acts. This is Luke's gospel part two. This is his account of the early church. Luke writes the book, Luke, and he writes the book Acts. And up until this point, Luke has been reporting and hearing from, from second and third hand witnesses about the spread and rise of this early church, about this guy Paul who's been planting and, and John Mark and Barnabas and all these other people. And in this moment, Acts chapter 21, he literally gets on the boat with Paul and joins the story. And the rest of the book of Acts is all in, 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 first, in first, uh, first person. Because now Luke is writing from first-hand experience. He's not writing about something that's already happened, but he's now writing about something that is happening with him. It is a beautiful and subtle moment in the book of Acts that I like to point to so often and say there are no Christians who are called to do nothing. There are no Christians apart from a church. Like we don't have that picture in scripture and there are no Christians apart 
from the story that God is writing in the local church. And so the invitation to you guys is to pray and to get on the boat. Jump on board with what God is doing. And if that, honestly, if you are new-ish to our story and that's not with Anthem, that's someone else, that's fine. Like, I would love to help you get plugged in. Jump on a boat, but because you're in this room, I'm going to tell you to jump on this boat and what God is doing here. And so my, my little takeaway for this little ending piece right here is just, and whatever, as you're thinking about your life as I'm talking about, gather, scatter, serve, give, and, and praying and jumping on the boat, and wherever you're at in, this, in the bit of this process is, what is the next step for you? Like if you're, if you're showing up sort of to a Sunday gathering and you're like, have told Ricky and Katie you're in their community, but you haven't really, like what is, what is the next step for you? Maybe you've been coming around a little while and you haven't started giving financially to what God is doing here. That's the next step. Step into that. If you have been hanging around for a little while but don't, are not a part of a serve team or not serving out in our city yet, like consider how you can do that. Jump on a team. Serve somewhere. But use, use your gifts for the common good. And we have a chance to walk some of this out this coming weekend. So this is where I bring it full circle to some of the things that are happening this weekend. Is we have two opportunities for you in this room to jump on the boat with what God is doing at Anthem. So if there are any reasons that you seek to disqualify yourself or disinvite yourself from whatever's happening this weekend, know that those are not coming from up here. They're not coming from Scripture like, know that you are fully welcomed and invited in and desired to be a part of what is going on. So two things. And the first, I'm going to ask you guys to take out your phones right now. So take out your phones. Uh, we live in 2017, so chances are you have a mobile browser on that phone. And so go to Safari, Chrome, whatever it is. Uh, open your phone and go to anthemsummit.com. I'm not going to ask you to do just kidding. I'm going to ask you to do something. But just open up there right now. Uh, and this Friday night and Saturday is Anthem's annual discipleship conference. Now, that sounds really big and lofty, but all it is, this is our third one, all it is is the moment for us to rally together around what we feel like God is asking us to do this year and to train each other. So we have like 15 or 16 different like breakout sessions with people from our church, Anthem Camarillo, Anthem Thousand Oaks, all sharing their stories, life experiences, and teachings from the Bible to help train and, and lead us towards this journey that God is asking of us to. And so if you are in town, I want you there. If you're out of town, I, I get it. Uh, I know, you know, that's just the nature of our church here in Ventura, that people are all over the place all the time. But if you are here, if you are in town, I want you there. And it's honestly not because I want another butt in a seat. That actually, the more people we have, it actually becomes harder to manage at that point. So it would be better if we like stayed in this 100 to 150 zone because that would be a much more manageable event if I'm thinking on the organizational side of things. Uh, but I want you there because I want you guys to experience what God has for us to be trained up in it and to have ownership for this coming year. So right now, go to anthemsummit.com and uh, honestly, look through the page. Look through, see what faces you have uh, and register right now. And maybe you have to like go talk to a spouse or go home or whatever, but you can do everything you need to do right, right from your phone right there. So look at the dates. Look where the address is. Like bookmark it to come back to later tonight or register right now. You can come Friday night. You can come Saturday. You can come both days. 
if you're coming just on Friday night, that's free. Um, but Saturday, as we're providing food, as we're providing other materials, that has a little bit of a cost to it. And we never uh, want ever money to be preventative for you. And so if you're saying, Bert, I really want to be there, I just can't financially swing it. Uh, we Hopefully we've priced it to where most people can get there. But if that's not the case for you for whatever reason, I will happily pay for you to be there. Okay? Uh, and so please talk to me afterwards if that is, is an issue. But honestly, as we think about how we gather, scatter, serve, give together, how we jump on the boat, this is a great opportunity to do that. So join us Friday. Join us Saturday. These are huge moments for us as a church. And, and like I said last week, if you leave Saturday and you're like, Bert, I didn't get anything out of today, I will happily refund you. Like, uh, I can't refund your time, but I can refund your money. And honestly, it has been one of the most formative things we do as a family of churches, and it will dictate where we go this year. And so I want desperately each and every one of you to be a part of that. So go to anthemsummit.com right now on your phone. Register for that. Learn a bit more about it. And if you have any questions, please come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to chat with you about that. Um, and especially if you have kids sign up because we have childcare on Saturday. And so I want to make sure that we have an accurate count. Like at some point this week, I think like Wednesday or Thursday, we're going to have to cut off uh, kids sign up because we have to give them a final number, the people that are, are doing childcare for us. And so uh, please, 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 please sign up right now. Um, okay. So that's what we're doing. I'm going to give you guys a second to finish that off. Whatever you're doing, that's okay. Uh, it will be a momentous time for us as a family, and I desperately want you guys there for that. The culmination of that weekend, thanks Jensen, well done. Uh, the culmination of that weekend is Celebrate Generosity, which you guys hopefully have, have heard all about, but from day one, as a family of churches, we wanted to do something unique to mark our anniversary, which was technically a couple of days ago, but we're going to celebrate it this Sunday. Uh, and as much as we all like to I don't know, have cake. Uh, we all like to pat ourselves on the back or, or think about all the warm fuzzies that, that has happened over our time. We wanted to do something that expressed the heart of God for our anniversary. And honestly, we couldn't think of any other way other than to call each and every one of you to give like you've never given before and for us to like take a big bite out of the kingdom of darkness uh, together as we invest in things that are advancing the kingdom of God. And so we spend the weeks leading up, teaching around it, helping you guys understand, and honestly, like, having your heart bent towards some of this stuff. And it's been really fun to watch you guys plan or budget or save, and it's been really fun to watch, like, Kylie and some of you other guys get really creative with how to raise money to, like, support some of these initiatives. Like, that's been really exciting uh, to see. Um, and so I, I love that, and because we, we spend some time preparing, because it is a big deal for us as a church. And so we do invite you guys to spend differently the, the weeks leading up. So maybe have one less latte or one less cappuccino prospect, or maybe like don't go out for that lunch, but bring an old fashioned PB&J to work or whatever. Like we invite you guys to think and live a bit differently in the lead up so that we can give really big and make an impact for the kingdom of God. And so each year we identify opportunities in our local generosity. For us, that's the city center in Ventura. Global generosity, uh, which is Touch Nepal, pastors and church planters on the ground in Nepal. Uh, and Zoe International, rescuing uh, kids and girls out of uh, sex, slavery, and human trafficking in Thailand and Los Angeles. And the Reproducing Church, which is, we get to highlight Anthem Denver, we get to highlight Restore Temecula, and other churches that come on our radar, we get to invest in planting new churches. 
Pascal. We want to celebrate our anniversary, our birthday, each year by giving away the most money that we've ever given away. By the grace of God, each year it's, we've seen the Lord be really faithful in increasing our generosity, and we're, we're praying for that this year as well. And the reason it's in Thousand Oaks, it's a far hike. Anthem Summit, we were able to put right in the middle. So we have a church in Thousand Oaks, Camarillo, Ventura. Camarillo's right in the middle. We all go there. Easy. The reason Celebrate Generosity is up in Thousand Oaks is because that's more like a family reunion. And for a family reunion, unless you rent out some big campsite somewhere, you typically go to grandma and grandpa's house, right? You go, that's like the family meal you go to your parents' house for. And so for us, like, we were planted out of Anthem Thousand Oaks, and so we get to go back to Thousand Oaks, go back to grandma and grandpa's house, uh, and enjoy and celebrate together, honestly. So we get to bring uh, some, some friends in. We get to bring all three of our churches together for a big outdoor uh, service. Uh, and so just the, the practicals, it's a big outside service at Conejo Creek Park. Um, family style, but Justina is spearheading some stuff for our kiddos for all three churches. Pray for her and see her if you want to help out. Uh, but we're supplying some stuff for all, I don't know how many hundreds of kids we'll have, at least I think 200 or so kids. So it's, it's insanity. Uh, but we get to gather together outside, uh, enjoy and celebrate what God is doing, and then enjoy each other. And so we're having a bunch of tacos guys come out and we get to just picnic on the lawn. There'll be lawn games. It'll be a fun time. Like make a day of it. Uh, and so also I would say look out in this week's uh, Anthem Weekly that goes out every Thursday, look out on that. We're going to organize some like carpooling and caravanning here from Ventura. And so the details for that will be in the weekly this week. Um, but we head up to Thousand Oaks to celebrate. Uh, and honestly, we use this moment where we could pat ourselves on the back to instead like highlight what God is doing around the world uh, through us. And we're just joyed to be a part of it. Okay. Closing my Bible, guys because we desperately need to sing, and we're going to do that in just a moment. Uh, but you guys may or may not be thinking, oh gosh, they're sure asking a lot of me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm asking a lot of you. This is who Anthem is, and, and so and honestly, that may not be for some of you, and you may just need to say, Bert, I just need to come and be for a while. That's okay. Anthem has historically been a place where people who are uh, going through tumultuous times in life or being burned by a church can just come and be and be healed. That's okay. Uh, but for those of us here in this room, for those of us who call Anthem home, I am asking a lot. We are asking a lot of all of us as a church together. Uh, and this is who Anthem is. Like, there's never going to be a time where we're not asking you to get on the boat. Like a preview into the next 20 years of Anthem Ventura, we're never not going to be planting another church or sending out a missionary or helping advance some kingdom initiative in Ventura or around the world. Like, there will always be opportunities to give, to serve, to be a part of what God is doing. We're always going to be all hands on deck. This is who we are. We look at scripture, and we do not see another way of doing church. I do not see a model of church where a thousand people get in the room, sit and clap, and then walk out, and that is the extent of their involvement with the church. I do not see it. I see a church that is all bought in to the mission of God and living and working it out together in this messy family way. And as we grow, our aim will stay the same. We could triple the amount of people in this room and our aim is going to stay the same. And the more people we have sitting in seats, the more opportunities we'll have to find to get everybody on the boat. We got to get a bigger boat every, every time. This is who we are as a church. Every Christian has a role to play in the story of God. And the job of the church, and specifically the church leaders, like myself, is not to do all the work, but to equip you guys for the work of ministry. So look back. Ben, you can throw up Ephesians 4. I want, I want to end with the, the same text we started on, and maybe this will help 
Just put some meat on some of the bones. And Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, teachers, church leadership to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up the body of Christ. Until we attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood and womanhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, craftiness, deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. Our aim is spiritual maturity, doing what God has asked us to do, and we all need each other to grow and build each other up in love. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I'm going to ask Josh and Zach and Jensen to come back. They're going to lead us in a time of response. And uh, we're going to sing uh, together. Um, And it's important to respond after something like this because where it can feel pragmatic or practical or like, okay, bird, I got my marching orders or whatever. I want to make sure we land in this space of of praising Jesus. And so uh, a couple of reasons you and I might be resisting taking that next step is, is if you're new, and that's okay, we were all new at some point, and we all have to cross over that threshold at some point. Uh, and so if you're new, if you're still checking things out, that's, that's fine. Don't stay there. Don't let it be six months and you're still new. Like, cross over. Another reason is Anthem doesn't do things the way I want them to do, or, or whatever. This may not be your, your cup of tea, or you may be disagreeing with me or whoever and how they're doing whatever. Um, and uh, there, there's space to work that stuff out for sure, but know that the church is a group of imperfect people trying to follow Jesus together. That's our baseline operating procedure. Uh, so before any of us get in a huff or like are perturbed because our preferences aren't uh, catered to, like, no, we're all imperfect and we're all trying to work this out together. Uh, and the last thing I think is most prominent in us is for reasons of margin or capacity or experience or whatever, uh, you or I may think we have nothing to give or contribute or to do. And so to that end, I want to, you guys to stand with me and I want to read a couple bits from Colossians 1, reminding us how the Father has qualified you for everything he has asked you to do. And so Colossians 1 uh, verse 9 And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. This is Paul talking to the church in Colossians. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy Look at this last verse. Giving thanks to the Father, which is what we're going to do right now, right now, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints, to do everything he's asked you to do. Will it be hard? Yes. Will it be stretching? Absolutely. This is where our faith comes into play. And so we're going to sing together in response. Um, and uh, would you pray with me? Father, we, we love you. God, we, we spend this time giving thanks to you. Uh, thank you for everything you've done through Anthem, the family of Anthem churches. Uh, we give praise and thanks to you for the things you will do this weekend at, 
at Anthem Summit and celebrate generosity, trusting you for both of those moments in our, in our family's history. Uh, but mostly, Father, we're asking that you remind us that we, you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. God, that you have qualified us to, to do, to serve, to give, to be a part of anything you've asked us to be a part of. And Father, as we respond and as we sing words that help us direct our eyes and our hearts to you, would you strip away every disqualifier we have believed? Everything in culture that has told us we're not good enough, we haven't been here long enough, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough experience, would you strip those away, Father, and remind us that you and you alone have qualified us? And it's in that confidence that we can draw near to you to walk out these things you've asked us to do. And Father, we desperately ask the help of your Holy Spirit living in us to walk this out. We cannot do this alone. We need your spirit empowering us. Amen.